So uh, we actually just went live because we just came out of the theater. We just saw Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I think it's a bad movie. Like, I don't think it's, it's not great. Sound, speeding, camera, rolling. Scene 9, take 303, mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by 4-Way Media, the podcast with the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm J.P. Brooks. And today we're talking Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2. Across the Spider-Verse has three different directors attached to it. Oh, really? Didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, the, did one do the beginning, one do the middle, <laughs> one do the end? Who are they, Nick? Joaquin Dos Santos, Kem Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. It also stars Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Valise, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, Karen Sony, Daniel Kalua, and Oscar Isaac. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is about Miles Morales, the Spider-Man from Earth 6, 1610. Do that one more time. Let's do that one more time. <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is about Miles Morales, a Spider-Man from Earth 1610, who is still learning to struggle and balance the life between school, family, and being Spider-Man. A new arch enemy from his past appears from the first movie. Huh? Sounds a little like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> a little like Fast and the Furious. An enemy from his past comes back and wants to take revenge on Miles Morales. Gwen Stacy shows up, and in order to track down this villain, he now has to enter the multiverse, and chaos ensues, I guess. He's also trying to attack his family. Yes. Oh, the spot? Is that? Oh, yeah. is that really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the spot wants revenge. It's a new villain who calls himself his arch nemesis. Miles Morales kind of doesn't agree with him. Uh, but eventually he kind of does become sort of the villain. Not really. He's kind of gone after the first 40 minutes. But interesting movie. Miles Morales trying to stop the spot, his new enemy. And when Gwen Stacy shows up from the multiverse, he joins her. Maybe she didn't want him to. And crosses the Spider-Verse and learns about all the other Spider-Men and what they're up to. It's funny because the trailer for Marvel's came on right before across the spider-verse and you looked at me and you did the gladiator thing and you were like ah. and i was like i'm kind of leaning this way i wasn't very confident about it when they first announced it seeing the trailer i'm like i think it could go either way um but into across the spider-verse uh like about probably 90 percent through the movie i looked at you and i went like yeah, and I gave you a uh, a nice just yeah, right just around a here. shaky yeah. why because we didn't reach the end yet and nothing was paid off yet so I didn't want to say anything because the beginning was kind of slow not great the middle I thought was good and I was getting into it and then the ending was I got blue balls that's that's really I. Well, for two weeks in a row, and I think we can we can probably yeah. spoil it because it's not really a spoiler. Yeah. Um, it ends on a cliffhanger, and it's to be continued once again after last week's Fast X debacle. But it's a cliffhanger that doesn't really have a third act. It's it's a setup for the next movie, not necessarily leaving our audience in like suspense of something bad already yeah. happening. Yeah, they did. They just. Oh, man. And we were talking about this on the drive back. But across 
a lot of movies, I may I say a lot of movies, but the last two movies now that we've seen, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Fast X, two movies that have a to be continued at the end will return. This movie these movies are trying to be what Infinity Wars was in setting up, but they failed to do that. And I I was so excited for this movie. I have a rule I told Nick about it today. If I believe in a movie, I buy the popcorn bucket. I couldn't believe you bought the bucket. I was very surprised. I was, I was, you know, you you, you instilled it in me. <laughs> I felt very faithful in the bucket idea. I was like, I'll buy a bucket. I was like, the first one was so good. Uh, arguably one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. And we'll get into a little bit of that yeah. later. That's people. Those are people leaving New York after seeing Across the Spider-Verse. Everybody's just going back. Hard, hard at it. Yeah. Uh, arguably, Into the Spider-Verse was one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Um, the best Spider-Man movie, pretty much. I don't think... Some people might argue some other ones, like No Way Home, might be up there as a contender. I, I like No Way Home. I didn't yeah. love No Way Home. And if we're talking best Spider-Man... We might as well talk about it right now. Sure. Uh, best Spider-Man movie... I know you're saying Into the Spider-Verse. I'm leaning Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, generationally. Uh, Different people love different Spider-Mans. Like right now, if you ask any kid, favorite Spider-Man, most of them are probably going to say Tom Holland. Who's your favorite Spider-Man? It's going to be Tobey Maguire. I much prefer Tom Holland. And I'm an older... Yeah, I don't... Tobey Maguire... Yeah, I've always said this. Tobey Maguire is too much the nerd, Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield is too much the dick, Peter Parker. Tom Holland's the perfect middle. he does match the age more i'll give him that he matches the age more i think he matches the tone better like he is nerdy but he is quick-witted i think as well so i i I think yeah each guy leaned in too hard into one particular stereotype of spider-man or the full peter parker so yeah like toby wire was too much peter parker andrew garfield was too much spider-man tom holland is perfectly both we talked a little negatives what about some positives positives there are stakes in this movie I'm really, I like Miles Morales in the first movie. I really like him in the second movie. I don't know about you, but I'm very invested. I'm with him. Like, I'm rooting for him all the way. I don't know what Well, I I agree, because, like, the beginning, the first 20 minutes of the movie, it has to be at least 20 minutes, was all about Gwen Stacy and setting up her backstory uh, for this film. And... I kind of didn't care for it, and I was just like waiting for Miles to show up because that's that's who I came to see. Yeah, do I care about Gwen Stacy? I think that's the question, and I do. I don't know if I care that much about Gwen Stacy though. But no, I like her. I just yeah, I wanted more Miles Morales in the beginning. It's a little yeah, a little too slow. My big problem with movie is the beginning and the end. I think the middle's great. I think there are real stakes. I like that there's conflict. I like that the villains. There's a lot of villains. I kind of feel like there's a lot of villains in this one. Or at least heroes with big disagreements. You have the Vulture. Yeah. You have the Spot. 2099 is technically a villain in a sense. Well, and funny, the question of villain always comes A villain is anybody, because that's why it's always... Opposing the protagonist. Opposing the protagonist. So in a lot of ways, Miles Morales is Spider-Man 2099. Uh, Herrera? Yeah, uh, Miguel. Miguel Herrera's. He yeah. So Miles Morales is Miguel Herrera's villain, and Miguel Herrera is Miles Morales's villain. Now there's so many characters in yeah. this. Uh, who's standing out to you? 
I mean, I have to say Miles Morales. I and I kind of like the spot. I wish we had more time with him because I really like him. He's a very interesting character and so out of pocket. Also, like I've I didn't see the trailer, so I had like no idea what was going on. And I don't know if he's in the trailer, but he is briefly. But they don't show the extent of his power or backstory. There's been so many Spider-Man movies, none of them tried to tackle the spot. And on paper, he sounds like a comical kind of character, like where we might not even take him seriously, but power wise yeah i think he's a great villain because i think spider-man into the spider-verse was such a fun and really charming like the wackiness and the goofiness and the quips of spider-man is really shines in the first one and i really enjoy that and i think spot is such a great villain to match that chemistry and it's interesting that you say charming because i feel like the charm is gone yes in this film could not agree more with you. i think from just the little things like the soundtrack i feel like it's not up to par as the first one first one i felt like like the post malone song just like kind of killed it i'm not scared yeah that was so that was so iconic it's so it's very iconic in my eyes it really was like the theme song for the movie and i feel like in this one uh i think the, the theme song was supposed to be the metro booming song but it just didn't stick yeah, definitely like the charm of the first one. I really, unfortunately, Peter B. Parker, who I think was a highlight in the first one, is takes a backseat in this one. Takes a backseat in this one. I would have loved to have seen more of him. Um, I don't think Gwen Stacy does a bad job in this movie. It's just, I don't know. I think she does a great job. I just, I didn't really need it. Yeah. In a sense. Mm. And I wish, like, some... I really like that we get to talk about it right after, but I also like when I get time to think. I just felt like it was just thrown at us so quickly that we weren't really given the time. So, like, the opening sequence of Across the Spider-Verse is literally 20 minutes on developing Gwen Stacy and providing the backstory that leads into, like, uh, another payoff later on in the movie for her. Could there have been a way where we could have seen that later on? And then maybe that would have stuck with us more. I get it, but it kind of detracts from the main story too much. And I think that's what annoys me. It feels like two main characters trying to share the spotlight. Exactly. That if we didn't have that intro and it was just like, it starts with Miles Morales because that's what we expect. And then then it switches to Gwen Stacy later on. And then they show the exact same sequence. They can even do the full 20 minutes. But just like, you know... Maybe even like trim it down a little bit, but just do it later on in the movie. I feel like maybe we would have gotten more out of it then. Yeah, I see your point. I, I could definitely see them in the writer's room being like, well, we have to show this. Do we really want to break up the flow in the middle? Because once it starts going in the middle, this movie hits its stride. Like, I'm I'm having a good time again. This movie's not perfect. And I think we all wanted it to be. Because the first one was. Yeah. The first one, first one was so good in so many ways. And they took some risks here, I think, with some things. Some of them paid off, some didn't. I would think, I, actually, I think most of them didn't pay off. But <laughs> I, I feel like people always say, well, yeah, they took some risks here, some paid off. Most of them didn't pay off, I don't think. It's not a perfect movie, and I really want this to be. Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. I know a lot of people love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the number one hero for, Mar- for Marvel. Since we both love superheroes, I'm going to give you an awful question. Okay. I'll probably, Nick, I'll... I'll yeah. I think I can handle it, but it's gone. Top five superhero movies of all time. This is enough. All right, so League of Extraordinary. 
Fast X. Uh, yeah, if you haven't listened yeah, to that. Yeah, they, they have superpowers in that five, Top five superhero movies of all time? Of all time. In no particular order. In I'll no give you at least okay, that. Thank God. Just top five for me. Spider-Man is the Spider-Verse. Avengers Infinity War. I feel like I have to throw one of the Iron Mans in there. So I'll throw Iron Man in there. Is this going to be bad, but the old Superman movie? No. But I like the second one, but I heard that's a bad one. No, the, the, the that's says, the best one, right? That's a good one. That's yeah. with the three people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that a lot growing up as a kid, so that's probably one of my favorite. So, and then finally, I think I'm going to have to put Spider-Man 2. And look, I didn't, top five, I didn't even mention No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, dang it. I hate when I contradict myself. <laughs> it's very iconic. And if I think of top five superhero movies for myself, mm-hmm. I'm also going to put in the original Superman. But I'm going to put Superman 1. Mm-hmm. I think it's just an outstanding film. Um, I'm going to put Spider-Man 2. I'm torn on my Batmans, though. I Between the original... The yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah. I'd even... Oh, man. So... I'm torn between the original Batman with Jack Nicholson and then right. also The Dark Knight. Take- I'm going to have to go with The Dark Knight as my third. It gets even trickier now. For the record, I'm I want gonna- the original Iron Man removed and I want The Dark Knight in. <laughs> I'm going to go original Avengers. I think it's like a perfect kind of setup and movie. And I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. You ready for the hot take? No daredevil really i'm just gonna be very biased here daredevil is my favorite superhero of all time and (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that yeah um i love the tv show and i love the movie equally it's one of those duality things where i i just love the cheesiness of the movie and i love the seriousness of the show and the soundtrack of the movie just slaps the action's really cool. Uh, I love the costume. I love the setup. I just wish like there was more to it. But yeah, I'm going to put that in my five. I would like to also revoke and take out Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I would like to put in the movie Kick-Ass. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you can. That's I, a comic putting, book movie. I'm yeah. putting it in, actually. Well, yeah, superhero movie. So I'm going to put Kick-Ass in. Because I think it should be up there. Because I want to be basic. Uh, yeah. All right, I'll give you the solid edit to make it look like you were, uh, you know... Putting in some good, solid, like, you know, obscure picks. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta give, because if the people find out I'm just basic and I'm just your average moviegoer, because I feel like that's the average moviegoer. Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Could have no. been worse. You could have been, like, Infinity War, Endgame, <laughs> Civil War. Uh, we've already hinted at negatives. Do you have any more positives you want to add? Can I have one positive? Yeah. I asked you, but I'm going to answer the question. Okay, yeah, yeah, go for it. The twist at the end I thought was pretty good. Because I don't know if you were paying attention. I didn't even think about it because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. But when they go and I realize, oh, his uncle's going to be there. So the setup is going to be great. We just didn't get payoff. But I did. I I love the twist. And you can kind of see. As soon as you're there, you can see it coming, what's going to happen. But I wasn't. I was still very happy with it. I can back you up on that one because that was the point where I was like eyes glued to the screen. I was like wait. I was waiting for someone to tell me what was happening. And I think that was, so there's a lot of like positives and negatives at the same time. I think that's something at the end that kind of saved it for me Mm. where I was like, okay, wait, this movie can still surprise me. Once they leave Miles Morales' Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. 
And they start going everywhere. I thought the Indian Spider-Man was great. Indian Spider-Man was hysterical. Yeah, he was really funny. The Alpine just has to fix their audio. Oh, yeah. The guys behind us were very keyed into that. <laughs> the guys behind yeah. us were are part of our experience tonight. I, I feel uh, like bonded with those two guys behind us because uh, as soon as the credits rolled, as soon as it cut to black, all I hear behind us is, yo, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so mad. And I don't blame him. Sometimes, like, we've been having so many good audience experiences lately. Like, they were talking, I would say, for the first half of the movie, probably because they were bored. Um, so I don't blame them. I Normally, I would have turned around at that point, but I thought some of the commentary was good, so, like, I'll let it slide. And then they shut up for the good part, so I was happy with them. Obviously, the whole chase through the Spider-Verse is pretty epic. I don't know if it's biased for me to say the whole India scene. <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> Why? I don't know. I have to think about that one. I'll get back to you when I figure it out. Yeah, just for some reason it stuck out to me. I think it's it's a credit to what this movie can do, which is expose us to more content. The beauty of the first one is that it was like one of the first multiverse movies and it didn't annoy us because it was very simple in the way that they showed it to us. This one, I feel like they were trying to pull so many things from so many other areas in Marvel and connect them that they got lost in the sauce of what the original was. Because here we are seeing live action characters come into this and seeing people from other movies flow in and out of this. And, you know, I saw an interesting stand-up routine the other day. Um, A guy was like, you know, I went to go see the movie uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania. And he's like, I didn't know there were prerequisites to go see this movie. Like you had to see fucking Loki. You had to see Doctor Strange too. He's like, when when do we get to the old days where all all you had to see from Ant Man three is Ant Man one and two? <laughs> yeah. Like, so I think that's that's problematic in this movie, which is that they're trying to pull in all the other movies where the first film kind of just stood in its own place and it was like, this is it, and then it also kind of abandoned some of its originality where you didn't see noir spider-man you didn't see spider pig you, you know well you see them but they don't have any big role yeah they're not a part of the story because i liked indian spider-man a lot i thought he was great and one thing the movie did well is that you don't get a lot of time with these characters especially in the first one i don't have a lot of time with uh spider ham spider pig yeah spider pig or um noir spider but i had just enough time where i really liked them as an addition i really liked the addition of indian spider-man i thought he was great he somehow had more character development than some of the other characters in this movie yeah or um the rock the punk spider-man i forget his name but even him i had a short time with him but i still really liked him and they felt like the replacements for those people but i mean john mulaney was spider pig right yeah how do we not get just bring him back. And then uh, Nicolas Cage as oh. Noir Spider-Man. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm glad they had Penny. She had one line, but still. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that was the charm of the first one. And yeah. if it just felt like they were doing so much with so many different characters that they kind of forgot what they did in the first one. What I'm having an issue with this, what I loved, and we've already, is that it was its standalone. And it was this thing I could just love watching and go see it. I don't watch a lot of TV. In fact, if not for this podcast, I wouldn't have watched half of these movies that we've mentioned. And I don't want to watch a whole season of a show 
that I don't like. Marvel's great. I like this, but I like superhero movies. I don't care about TV shows. I tried watching Iron Fist. Marvel, I didn't, I didn't care. I've tried watching Luke Cage. I don't care. Jessica Jones, I don't care. I like the movies. I like when they're standalone. Yeah, and I totally agree with that comics point. I just want to watch things and enjoy them. If they connect this to other, I will be very upset. Yeah, like we don't want like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit situation happening where a cartoon Miles Morales shows up in like Tom Holland's next movie. Like that would be awful. That would be. If it sounds like we're ragging on this movie, I'm not. There are good things about this movie. It's not like I don't think it was a waste of time. I think you can go see it. I don't think it's worth the premiere. It's definitely not worth the IMAX. I think there are some faults to it. I think there's also a lot of entertainment value from it. Um, it's a little clunky, a little slow in the beginning, picks up around the middle. Um, some things don't quite make sense for me, so I'm going to just give it a three out of five. Uh, just I'm going to mention a few points here because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to forget them. The first thing is a lot of movies are trying to be what I don't know if I said it already, but a lot of movies are trying to be Infinity War. The thing about Infinity War, which left on a great cliffhanger, is that they had this big payoff too. There was still no worthy fight scene. There's still all this worthiness. Spider-Man Across Spiders almost gets there, but doesn't hit the mark. And I'm tired of movies doing this. Lately, it feels like they're setting up things we'll return to. Well, instead of worrying about what's going to come next, worry about what you got in front of you, then worry about next. And I wish they did that more. That being said, I think this is some of the most beautifully animated work I've seen in a while. I don't know if you can just win, win an award just for animation. There are still good things that could be said about it. I'm leaning between a two and a three. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I was being harsh. Nick, this is my favorite character of all time, okay? It's like my the Godfather, dad, like they massacred my boy. They massacred my boy. My dad handed me a Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man original comics one through five when I was a kid. I read those. I fell in love. And when Spider-Man, you know, Tobey Maguire changed my life forever. I'll give it a three. I think there are some redeemable things. They gotta stop ruining my Spider-Man. <laughs> can't touch his boy anymore all right so that's a good time for a commercial break after we're gonna talk about the dark knight returns part one and two are you tired of going to a bar and being single and no women hitting on you are you tired of letting other people know around you that hey i haven't dated anybody in five years we've got the solution for you welcome to ring my life that's right we're selling 100 authentic fake wedding rings that you can put around your finger that way you can go to a bar on a friday night look a little sad and women will guarantee to come talk to you with the shining lights surrounding your wedding ring not only do we provide you with a wedding ring we provide you with you guessed it fake photos of your family and the children you have we can put you in a suit we can put you at the beach we can put you in a kitchen depressed that your wife's making meatloaf for the third day in a row we absolutely do it for women as well we know those degenerate men out there want the exact same thing and so we've put the wedding ring for women too it's not like a wedding ring was going to stop a man before but now you can feel better knowing that you paid for the lie if you're not interested in the ring or the fake photos we've got another product for you it's a fake tan line that's right we've teamed up with every spray tan company on the planet and we've got them to make something that 
that'll perfectly match your skin tone. People will look at you and go, wow, he was committed and now is absolutely divorced. Everybody knows when they receive a package, they don't want the goods to be damaged unless it's somebody they want to sleep with. Sign up today, whether it's for the spray tan or it's for a whole fake life for the life you could have had if you were attractive or personable. Ring my life today. We are powered by Fort Wayne Media. And if you're looking for your next event, life moment, business, and you need video photography, look no further than fortwaymedia.com. They take everyday life and make it into a cinematic experience, offering competitive pricing and high-quality content that you will not get anywhere else. Reach out to fortwaymedia.com or at fortwaymedia on Instagram to request and book today. Reserve your slot before all the other dates get filled. And we're back. So... We paired this week with The Dark Knight Rises Part 1 and 2. I've been meaning to actually check this out for a long time. The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2 is directed by Jay Oliva and is starring Peter Weller, Ariel Winter, David Selby, Wade Williams, Michael Emerson, and Mark Valley. The Dark Knight Returns is a movie about an older Batman who has now been retired for about 10 years, but due to the crime and everything going on in Gotham City, Puts the suit on once again. Uh, this time he does not have Robin because Jason Todd is no longer Robin. Uh, uh, they allude in the beginning that he probably died. He probably died, yeah. So Jason Todd no longer Robin because they alluded to that he has died. So Batman puts back on the suit and goes out to stop a recent group of criminals called the Animals. Uh, the Mutants. The Mutants. Going out, puts on the suit to stop a recent group of criminals coming about called the mutants and a new robin joins in and that's pretty much all i got to say and i have to say i was blown away by this movie i didn't ex were you not no what are you talking about do we watch the same movie uh, hopefully otherwise this is gonna be a very interesting well, the second podcast. one was good the first one was dull the second one was much better than the first one and that that's in my review but i think just the general storyline of it uh you're gonna have to walk me through that because i'm not sure i agree or follow there's just so much crime happening in gotham that he's forced out of retirement he has to deal with two-face he has to deal with joker he has to deal with uh all the politics around his vigilantism there's so many things that i feel like uh came out of the dark knight trilogy from christopher nolan but also i feel like influenced immediately the Zack snyder work right after that because Batman vs Superman comes out later on, and I can see immediately how that is influenced by that. Um, I think all the the scenes between him and Superman are really interesting. I think there's a really great dynamic. I think the fight between them in this was more concrete than it was in the live action version. So I think there's elements to it that just like were really great, and the second one was just so action packed. I feel like it was just like there were so many action scenes, but also, like, there were a lot of setups to it. There was a lot of good dialogue between some of the characters. In an overall sense, it wowed me more than past DC movies that I've seen. I haven't seen a bunch of them, but I just think overall it, it did a solid job in entertaining me. How about you? Oh, okay. Right around there is how I feel. I think I just have more problems with the first one. I think the second one's really good. Like what? Like what, what stood out to you? Yeah, is he is he weak or is he not weak? Make a decision. 
I don't. Who cares about the mutants? Like they don't matter at all. Like their mutants are just a plot device to use in the second one to get. Like, bro, you could have this whole movie without the mutants. Who cares? Like, I don't care about the villain. They come back to help Gotham. I don't think. I don't think you need them. Like, why do you need? Why do you need the mutants? I think it was used as like kind of similar how they did in The Dark Knight Rises, where they were showing like the group taking care of its own city. I think that's what it was trying to do. Especially since Batman wasn't at full strength. I feel like he definitely couldn't do that by himself. And that would, you know, kill the, the momentum that was going there with the old man Batman. I think the good parts is Batman interacting with his old villains as an older Batman and their older villains. I think it's great. Yeah, I was not expecting the Catman, a Catwoman reveal. That was Catwoman, right? Yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah, that was crazy. Because they, they kept saying Selena, Selena. And I was like, oh, wow, that that's Catwoman. That's how she turned out. Yeah. But let's talk about some of these villains because I think the one of the most interesting ones, as always, is the Joker. Joker's great. Uh, yeah. And I've never seen, I think outside of maybe the killing joke, I've never seen a scarier Joker than this one. So one thing about this movie, these movies, well, really just the second one that I really like, even though it's animated, the Joker is killing people. And maybe you watch this and you're desensitized because it's animated. But for me, as someone, like, I don't, whether it's anime or not, I'm like, yo, he just murked, like, 30 people. There is a scene in the film that uh, also influences Joker the movie. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, the Robert Talk De Niro show. scene. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, in the, the Joker film, much more gruesome, much more gorier, and you actually see what's happening. In this one, obviously, it's animated. They cut away. They do, like, a little shot where you see the blood splatter. But, yeah, he is killing a lot of people. And not only that, and not to say anyone deserves to die, but the the love tunnel scene where he's just walking through an amusement park and he's just shooting random people. I don't think I've ever seen that in a, in a movie. Yeah. or an- Like a live-action film of jo- with Joker in it. Yeah, or just animated. Everything's a cutaway. This movie did not... And that's why I feel like, because it's so funny, we just talked about a movie like, well, the, the, the second one, the next one better be good, otherwise the first one. And that's what it feels like. And because I think if you just showed me the first one as a movie by itself, I'd be like, dude, this movie is kind of boring. I don't really. How does your movie experience change that it's two separate films and not one combined? Because there is a version where it's combined. It's the deluxe version. The deluxe version is just them stitched, just together. stitched together. Yeah, because even if I know that, am I really going to stick around for like an hour and a half just to get to the second part? Because that together, what's two hours and 45? Sure. Yeah. I just didn't. I really didn't like the first one. And I think, is it, this is going to sound bad, but I think all the stuff with Robin is also really boring. Robin? So that's one of my critiques. Yeah. I think that's my only major critique of the film uh other than the consistency in the old man batman thing uh is that batman uh robin i can see is necessary to tell the story mm-hmm. but i other than helping him i didn't understand the reason why he just took on a new robin just like that i feel like he would be reluctant to do that especially with one of his past robins dying well, I think Robin, yeah, I think he wants a little redemption. That's what they're trying to say. Batman wants a little redemption. He wants to believe again. He's like, that's the reason he's going out. He believes he needs to do it again. And I think Robin is his prototype. No, I can't teach people. As a minor critique, uh, there's so much exposition. 
and a lot of it is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type, where it's a lot of newscasters telling us what's going on. And talking about how violent the animals are, or the mutants are, I keep calling them animals, because they're dog. Uh, the, you know, because, like, Batman getting robbed by the mutants. Like, why can't we have this? Batman's getting, he gets mugged, mm-hmm. and then other people are also getting mugged by the mutants, and he can't do anything about it. That, to me, would be like, oh, these guys are a joke. They're really everywhere. And instead, I got to deal with two guys who don't even mug them, and then newsflash. Oh, sorry. I think all the fight scenes are cool. I think Batman as old Batman is really cool. I like Alfred a lot with the little time he got. I love Commissioner Gordon. It really just sells the point that Batman Beyond needs to be made into a movie. Just just give it to us already. Now, when you say Batman Beyond, you're talking about the old animated one? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the OG. Red like, Batman? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my gosh. If they re- Oh, gosh. If they did that. Random sidetrack. If you had to cast Batman Beyond right now. Who you, who live you action? Live action. Edward Cullen. Vampire. Oh, uh, Robert Pattinson. I thought he did a great job. I actually really liked him as Batman. I can't. I really want that second movie to come out already. I don't. I really can't think of anybody off the top of my head who I would like. Who do you like? I don't know if he's too old for it, but it might fit the mm-hmm. bill. Ron Perlman. I don't know who that is. Hellboy. Oh, Hellboy guy. Hellboy. Oh, he'd be good. As old Batman, I think he has the voice. He has the grit. Uh, even someone like Josh Brolin. Ooh, uh, that's a nice pick. Oh, that's good. And then for Batman Beyond, I don't know if this is too hot of a take, but Batman Beyond, the younger Batman should have been played by Zac Efron immediately after High School Musical. I love that take, actually. Zac would be great, especially because we know he's going to be a great actor. like a pretty Yeah, nice now actor. we know that like he has the chops for it. I think if he was given like a like an early opportunity to do something like that, it would have been really cool. You know who could never do it? Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine Channing Tatum as a as a Batman Beyond? Well, he was uh, I, I just can't see him. He was Lego Superman. Yeah, yeah. What's a standout scene to you in The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, every fight scene in this movie is actually very good. I was very impressed. I even the mutants, as much as I've been shitting on them, I just actually think the mutants are cool. I think they were portrayed poorly. Just seeing the brutality even like back and forth between him and Batman, especially um, how the Joker ends up, you know, dying is absolutely insane. And something that I think was replicated in the killing joke, but not to the same degree. This movie feels like they took all of the good parts from them and just made movies based off the good parts as other movies like, oh, let's dial in on this. Like a great what if we just focused it on this. So I like that this movie is almost the prototype for all the great DC movies we've had since. And then also, uh, for worst scene, I'm leaning towards the ending of the second movie. I think it kind of even defeats the purpose that w- that they were setting up, but right, I just I for- let it let him die. You want to know how that's so bad? Because I forgot. Like I was like, no, he ends and he's he's down there and he's doing the thing, and even Chris goes, oh, wait, he's not. I totally forgot that that was even a thing because that's how bad it was. Superhero movies. They should be one shot. They shouldn't be leading into another movie. And if you do a sequel, do a new story. Just add on to what was originally there, but don't try to immediately continue what was happening and leave more to go and happen in the second movie. Like whatever happened to just like, here's the same characters and they return and here's a new story, a new adventure for them to go on. 
we don't get any more of those sequels anymore. They need to take a page out of the James Bond franchise, for sure. They that's need to, that's yeah. a good uh, analogy. Because that's always at the end was James Bond will return in. It was one of the longest running series and characters that runs through a series of movies up until the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They reference stuff from the other movies and stuff, but I can still watch any James Bond, one of those movies, and I don't necessarily have to know everything that happened in the past. And I can still enjoy that movie. Uh, I heard you had a Dark Knight Rises story. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. A few weeks ago, actually. Yeah, yeah I mentioned in this episode, if you edit around. Anyway, all right, I'll give it to you. This is my uh, this is my Batman story, everybody. I go to see the premiere when it was actually midnight premieres back in the day, not 5 o'clock like Thursday before like we just did. I'm excited. I've got my Batman cape, and I've been wearing this Batman cape since I got it at Six Flags during uh, my 8th grade graduation, and now I'm in high school at this point. Maybe I'm a junior in high school, and I go into this movie, and there's a problem, Nick. We get into the movie theater. I've got my cape on. I'm the only dude in there with a cape. I see some people with a mask, and the light for the camera, the projector, comes on, but nothing's playing. So I run to the front, and I throw up my cape, and people applaud. And then it's 12.25, the movie hasn't started yet. People are like, boo, it's Brooklyn. So, you know, nobody's just, this isn't the Midwest. Like, maybe so, maybe somebody should go out and check on the, maybe report this. Now, nah, this is Brooklyn. Yo, boo, where's the movie? Where's Batman at? Come on, son. Where's Batman? And so I'm like, I get up and go, I'll check it out. And they're like, go, Batman, go. And I sprint down, I sprint down the aisles. And I go tell them, and they're like, yeah, it's coming on. Sorry, we're having some problems. I come back. It's coming back on. I take my seat, and you, the projector runs, and the movie starts. My phone rings. It's my mom. Now, I'm, I'm in high school at the time, and I have a very strict rule. If mom calls, you answer. And I knew if I picked it up, I go, what could this be? And she goes, Joe, did the movie start yet? I'm like, no, it's about to. She goes, well, you're not staying out this late. We've got something important to do in the morning. We've got to go. Like, we were going on a family trip basically and she goes you haven't packed you haven't done anything you're coming home we're not leaving late and i left the theater right as the dark knight rises started Ooh, that's got a thing i cried <laughs> i love batman <laughs> and uh yeah so that's how i i didn't see it for a year later because i had such bad bad taste in my mouth but I, I had to leave the dark knight rises after i wore batman cape did a little entertainment for the people got the movie to start and then I had to leave. And I was with a couple of my friends. And yeah. Overall thoughts, I think it is also another very good-looking animated film. I think it upgrades from what we saw as kids on the WB. Shout yeah. out WB. I think overall it's a really great story. I think it influenced so many even greater stories later on. So for that, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. I think the first movie is a 2 out of 5. I think it's pretty boring, pretty much up until the third act, and then it finally starts having something. But I think a lot of the side plots and just the way they portray everything, they could have done a much better job, and they didn't. This is clearly meant to be two different movies, and the first one is supposed to make the second one greater. Because of the first one, I don't think it stands. So I'm giving it a 2 out of 5 for the first one. And for the second one, I think it's much better. I think the villains are great. I think all the action sequences are great, and I think they're great action seasons sequences in both i do like the portrayal of batman being weaker but it kind of isn't always consistent so i'm gonna give it a four out of five i guess that makes my overall thoughts another three 
but I I would I I almost encourage people just go watch the second one and you really don't even watch the first. So thanks for watching. This was an episode of Take 303. This week's question of the week will be what is your favorite Spider-Man movie and why? And our poll question is going to be who is your favorite Spider-Man? Make sure to follow us on Instagram if you haven't and make sure, yeah, Patreon, lots of content there. We just uploaded an Ed Sheeran episode. We talked about the Ed Sheeran documentary, so go take a look at that if you're interested. And yeah, make sure you tell a friend. Actually, if you're still listening, you got this point. Obviously, just want to say thank you. We're coming up to our 10th episode. Uh, so just want to say thanks, but you would do it would do us a big help if you go tell somebody so stop right now text somebody if you're driving call them actually don't do that don't text and drive or call and drive (laughs) so but tell somebody about the podcast i think uh if you're liking it they might like it too so thanks guys and yeah thanks for watching